Hey, welcome back to Sayonara. We just started. Welcome back to Faith and Focus, <laughs> where faith comes alive. I'm Steven. I'm, today I'm, I'm joined by Zach once again. Hi. Zach, how are you doing over there? I'm doing fantastic. Phenomenal. Awesome. Phenomenal. Marvel. Wonderful. Good to hear. Good to hear. Good to see you. Good to see you alive in Wyoming. It's wonderful. Warms Thank my heart. You. Thank today you. we are joined by a special seminarian guest once again this week, Alex Chorus. Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a second pre-theologian student at uh, Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, Minnesota at St. Mary's University of Minnesota. Uh, it's been a great time so far uh, being in seminary, uh-huh. and uh, you know I'm really looking forward to this episode tonight. Awesome. Well, we're looking forward to have you on here, too. We have an awesome episode planned. We're going to be talking about trust and prayer. So it's awesome to have everybody here. So good to have you. So good to see our family here at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. Uh, on Facebook Live on the St. Thomas More page. Uh, but before we get started and before we get into anything serious, let's get into something a little bit more uh, fa- a little bit more uh, fun factual. <laughs> I just made up. You can, you, can, you can take that to the bank. Um, Alex, do you have a fun fact for us? I do. Uh, so for some people that may know me, uh, I am actually a uh, person who has gone through uh, from like preschool all the way to high school, uh-huh. I've only been homeschooled. So my only actual experience of like social school, just public school, is college actually. When I went to Marion University in 2014 to uh, to get my bachelor's in uh, psychology with a double minor in philosophy and pastoral leadership before nice. I transitioned to seminary in 2019. Look at that, a personal nice. fun fact. Look at that. And look at that, a good, proud homeschool product. I love hey. that. Hey, homeschool, you know, uh, there's a lot of good people that come out of homeschool, So, uh, and Alex is definitely one of them. So it's good to have you on the program here tonight, and it's good to, good to have Zach here as well. Even yep. though both of us weren't homeschooled, I think we turned out pretty, pretty all right, too. <laughs> That's um, right. So, uh, Zach, why don't we start with uh, just a really quick recap of what, what were we talking about last week? So last week we talked about trusting through trials. Yeah. So obviously mm-hmm. suffering happens in life. We're not mm-hmm. going to ignore that. But the thing is, God does not leave us alone in suffering. So we looked kind of at past, present, and future. In the past, God didn't leave us alone because of the incarnation. Uh, In the present, he gives us the sacraments, the Eucharist especially, where his uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity with us. And in the future, we have the great hope of heaven. And so we looked at all of these things as reasons that we should have trust, even though there is suffering and trial in life. Beautiful. I think that sums it up really quickly, just reminding us that there is hope even in the midst of trials and that we should trust in God through trials. We're going to be shifting a little bit, pivoting to looking at what is so essential to the Christian life, prayer. Prayer. So what do we we want to do in this episode? Uh, Firstly, just kind of, I I think we should all get on the same uh, level in terms of what prayer is. You know, Mm -hmm. what is prayer and how is it related to trust? Uh, I would like to explore how God is trustworthy in prayer. How do we know that we can trust God with our prayers? How do we know that we can trust God in prayer? And finally, I want to look at some practical takeaways, a little bit of praxis, a little bit of something that we can take from this episode and add it to our prayer life so that we can have a more deeper, more fulfilled prayer life. Uh, So before we get started, I would just like to remind everybody watching that uh, it's so great to have you here, and we'd love to hear your questions and comments during this episode, we've got Ricky behind the camera. He's going to be looking and uh, curating all of our questions, and uh, hopefully we're going to be able to answer all of them and get to them in a timely manner. But we have so much going on today. We've yeah. got a jam-packed episode for you today, and I am so excited to get started 
But before we get started, we got to start in prayer. So, Zach, would you Amen. like to lead us in our prayer? Yes, let's be in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, I love you trustfully, without looking back, without fear. Jesus, I give myself fully to you, and I believe you will use me to do great things, because I believe more in your love than in my weakness. Jesus, I trust in you with blind and absolute confidence, because you are Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Zach. That's an awesome player. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love it. It's a beautiful... This, those from the words of Mother Teresa, Saint Mother right? Teresa. Saint yep. Mother Man, Teresa. Adapted. Beautiful. One of Father Declan's favorite saints right there. Yes. Beautiful. Maybe we should get him on the show. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a challenge to you, Father Declan. I know you're listening to this. To this. <laughs> so let's begin this episode kind of getting on the same page. So there are a lot of different ways to look at prayer specifically, Alex, right? Mm -hmm. what, it, what, what do you think are some ways that maybe people can misconceive prayer? Definitely. Uh, there's a, like you just said, there's a lot of different ways people kind of just look at prayer. Um, some in, in a more good general way, but some in a more like uh, stereotypical way. Uh, some people like to think prayer is like a, a thing to do, a checklist. A, like for many of us Christians, you may think prayer isn't like, oh, I got to get that done today because it's yeah. uh, it's part of the checklist of things. You know, I got to go to church. I got to make the uh, make sure the other precepts are right. I got to receive communion once yeah. in the year. Got to go to confession. I, I got to pray at some point, you know, all these things. And it just feels like a chore or like a requirement, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, some people who may not be in the faith might see prayer as some sort of like a meditative way to reduce stress or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I was looking online at a, a little article on psychcentral.com. Mm -hmm. They found a study that uh, just kind of quote for quote here saying, researchers from Baylor University found that people who pray to a loving, protective God are less likely to experience anxiety-related disorders, mm -hmm. worry, fear, self-consciousness. And all this other stuff uh, compared to those who don't really have that more like trust mm. in that presence. Mm -hmm. So people can see this like as a selfish thing, like oh, I'm yeah. coming to prayer uh, for my own benefit. Yeah, it's like a, like than, a self help kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Like, that makes I, I want to pray today because it's like yoga. Yeah. <laughs> and we okay. don't want to make prayer like yoga. Uh huh. Yeah. Sometimes uh, people can also see as in like just some way something to get out of the reality. Like, you know, if you go into a church, it's nice and quiet. You're out of the world. You're out of mm. politics. You're out of what drama's going on in the world. You even could see it as, like, reaching into the void. Like, oh, maybe something out there. There actually is something out there. And sometimes it may just seem like to some people that prayer is, like, this, like, coin machine where if you insert enough coins, you'll get some sort of prize at the end. If you insert mm. enough Hail Marys, huh. God will grant you some great wisdom or great gift. Oh, yeah. Which... No. Yes. Honestly, if I say, uh, if you look at God as a wish granter or a genie where uh, your life is all you want to do, but then when something goes wrong, you just take the magic lamp of God and give it a couple of rubs and suddenly here's God, here's your three wishes, what is it? Uh -huh. We kind of think of God as like, you know, it's on our time. Yeah. And that's that's a little, it's a little not something good. I feel like uh, sometimes, like it can, uh, sometimes with this sort of thing, I like to see God as a vending machine in this sort of way. If you're thinking he's like a wish grantor where, like I said, you input the coins and then you choose on the menu what you want. So it's something that fits for your taste. You know, I want the the, the Lay's chips or I want the sweet, uh, you know, Hershey's chocolate bar instead. Mm -hmm. uh, God, I want you to give me uh, hope for this uh, upcoming year for 2020 or God, my uh, family members are sick. 
and then after that kind of just going on with the rest of your day not mm. really acknowledging his presence yeah kind of kind of sounds like we're trying to control god in that way right mm-hmm. yeah and mm. honestly when you look at prayer uh, the best way that the church describes it as a relationship it's not an activity of just reciting things or uh asking for something but it's more of a relationship mm, okay take your best friend for an example uh, let's just call him joe and you you walk up to joe because you see him in a coffee shop and normally you would say hey joe how's it going and you have a meaningful dialogue with each other about how's it going what's your day been like um what's the worries been going on and you know how can they help each other as you know as friends do it's not hey joe uh can you buy me that coffee because i really need it thanks okay i'm leaving bye that uh, you know you you cheating Joe like, like nothing. Yeah, yeah, like he's not even a person, right? Okay. No, it's just huh. this person that gives you something that you need in this time. But then you know when I'll talk to Joe again is when I need him again, and we don't want to do that. When we think of relationships, it's a two way street. Yeah. You know, mm. sure, it's fine to ask Joe to get to you know to get you a coffee because mm-hmm. you know he could be a loving friend like that, or maybe he could spot you because you're out of money. Yeah. Um, this is the same thing with God. We can ask God for these things, but ultimately, uh, it's a same thing relationship. You give and you ask. You talk and you listen. Yeah. You love and you be loved. Yeah. That's the thing. We can love God, but sometimes I feel like there's some sort of void of, we don't, like, uh, be open to oh, being yeah. loved by him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I really like that. I love how you said that prayer is relationship mm-hmm. at its core. That it's not a checklist. It's not some sort of psychological phenomenon that gets us calm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Although there are many times, you know, during prayer when we are feeling calm and we are feeling collected, but it's not essentially that. I think you said it beautifully. Prayer is essentially building that relationship with God. And I I love how you described it with the the analogy with the friend. Uh It is a two-way street. You know, it's not just us. I I love the vending machine because I see myself, when I get in a rut and I'm just you know, praying and I'm like, oh God, can you fix this and this and this and this? And then you see things, you know, fall apart. You get frustrated. You're looking at, we're looking at God as like that vending machine, right? We're not yeah. looking at him as that friend. You know, we have to look for that give and take. That's beautiful. That's yeah. wonderful. Now, now my question is in this current situation that we find us, ourselves in, you know, we are undergoing social distancing. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of us are feeling spiritually distant as well. You know, we, some of us are disconnected from our church family, mm-hmm. uh, unable to attend mass, unable to receive the sacraments. Maybe there are many things that we planned in our life, maybe marriages, maybe funerals that we weren't able to attend, uh, graduations that we weren't able to make. Yeah. Maybe there were mm-hmm. plans that we made that we perhaps asked God uh, through intercession to grant and we've seen them absolutely blown up because of this pandemic Mm -hmm. so where you know where you could you could see that it could be difficult for us to be praying in this time so do you have something you know a little bit more enlightening how does how does prayer how can we find prayer during this just interesting situation this very very hard situation yeah no i get you because like that's obviously one of the things we can all share with is that God, we didn't ask for this pandemic. It's such a huge, like, interesting year because of all this, of how everything's kind of been going down. I feel like, like, it's like you said before, the spiritual distancing from God. I feel like now all of a sudden it it seems more prevalent of the common problems I hear with prayer these days. 
uh, like you said, things are being canceled. Uh, you know, just for even the smallest things like inclement weather. Yeah. Because we may think, God, I hope it's a sunny day for this graduation, like you mentioned. And, you know, I hope we can have this. But then, you know, our plans change. You know, someone gets sick or even lo a loved one of ours has passed away. Even though we fervently pray, God, please don't do this. And we sometimes we even have a, a, a betting match. Like, God, if you do not uh, save my friend, my family member from this situation, I'm done. Yeah. And we kind of put God to the test of, like, we're going to mm -hmm. put him on the line and threaten him with our faith, which is something that is just, again, back to the friend analogy. Would you do that to your friend? Would yeah. you say, I'm, if you don't do this, we're done. We're not friends anymore. And it's like, okay, hold on. Oh, yeah. I feel like also uh, another common problem is people pray, and especially with during this time of uh, spiritual distancing and, you know, well, especially back in April and uh, March when, you know, the country was closed down for a bit. Yeah. Uh, people may pray, but they may never hear God. They feel like, oh, I pray, but God doesn't listen to me or mm -hmm. he probably doesn't have time for me or what I say doesn't matter to him. He's got other things to do. And that just kind of feels like you're just brushing yourself off as in like, either an excuse of like, well, it, it doesn't work or um, you're putting too much doubt in yourself. Like God extends every, to everyone in the mm -hmm. the love circle, I guess is that is what to say. Um, and I, I've experienced this myself, uh, again, with the pandemic. Back when I was at uh, St. Uh, St. Mary's the Immaculate Conception in Michigan City, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after about two weeks of living there, with you know stay-at-home orders and the only time i've ever gone out was just maybe for a walk or going to the store i come into my holy hour and just say god it's 1 p.m i've been sitting here in the rectory for two weeks now i got nothing to tell you so all i'm gonna do is just stare at you and hope that's what hope something happens mm -hmm. so a, a huge shift in my prayers happened because back at seminary i'd usually come in and talk about What's going on with my day? Yeah. What's going on with classes? The people I've talked with, but the experiences I've had. Now it's just like, God, I, I got nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So, and I think uh, I'll go. I'll come back to this story in a bit. I feel like with the t uh, at our time, what we lack a lot in is trust with our prayer. Yeah. We tend to be as humans impatient with one another, or just impatient everything. You go to a local Burger King or McDonald's and you have a customer talking to the employee, I want this and I want uh, with this, this, this and on it. And, you know, it's fast food. They expect it to be done in less than five minutes. Otherwise, they're going to make a formal complaint to the employees or to the restaurant as a whole. And it's just like, I think that's also the thing with uh, with uh, God is that we can be impatient with what we ask for. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a we want it now and how we want it from God, a my way or the highway take on yeah. prayer. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think what trust is in God and in prayer is that there are two important virtues that come about with that, Yeah. and that's patience and perseverance in prayer. Mm. And I know that sounds incredibly hard if you were to just sit in like the church for an hour and you feel like you got just white noise, dead nothing. You feel like, I just feel like I just wasted my time. No, that's good, actually. Well, the thing with uh, uh, the saints, I think it's St. Peter has said to pray without, uh, just pray, yeah, pray without ceasing. Pray without what ceasing, is. yeah. And that seems like, okay, I feel like I'm just throwing prayers at the wall or I'm throwing my time at God and it feels like nothing's happening. I, I think when you guys talked about suffering last time, it, it can be hard. Our lives are going to have this moments of 
just suffering oh, and absolutely. moments of hardship. But you have to remember that evil, while it is allowed in the world, there is to come a greater good from it. Mm -hmm. So even if there is this inclement weather, even if there is this changing plans or even sickness or terminally ill of a loved one, there is still good to be found eventually from God. And while we might not see it at first because we may be impatient, we want God to act on our own time, there can be a chance later on that we may look at it if we still find our trust in God and say, oh, I see it now. And this has happened to me plenty of times with my own struggles in life. Oh, yeah. I used to think, God, I just wish the past did not exist. Mm -hmm. Now, coming into seminary, I'm able to see where those old wounds have been and just mm -hmm. see, hey, there's actually grit in this. Mm -hmm. And when I looked into the problem of the social distancing and uh, the shutdown of the country, uh, I feel like everything was kind of there. And I was thinking to God in my moments of prayer, so what happens, worst case scenario, everything is just stripped away from me. Would I still trust in you? Mm -hmm. Would I still be able to get on my knees and say, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. I, I, I vow to you and no one else. And I think that's just something crucial to have in this relationship with God is trust. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. That's, mm. man, what a beautiful, what a very beautiful, thank you for sharing thank that you. story. You're welcome. I think so many of us can relate to that, just coming into prayer mm -hmm. after being locked in our house for a couple of weeks and just coming to the Lord and saying, I've got nothing. That makes, that that really struck something in me because I definitely spent a lot of prayer during this pandemic like that, kind of going in and just wondering like, what do I have? What do I have to give? I think that's yeah. so beautiful that that shift you talked about, you know, mm -hmm. it's not just me throwing things at a wall, but it's me receiving and just being in that presence. Two key virtues too: patience and perseverance. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. We definitely all mm -hmm. need to grow in that. But I think yeah. maybe a question that's on a lot of people's minds. And I think you, you came to mention this as well when you're talking about, you know, how do I know that God loves me? You know, how do we know that God is willing to give himself to us in prayer? That seems mm. like a huge promise to make. How how mm. is it that we can trust God to uphold, you know, his part of the you know his part of the this covenant? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the Catechism calls prayer uh, essentially a covenant. Yeah. It's a communion between God and us that we're we're going through this relationship, this two way street. So Zach, maybe you could talk a little bit. What do we have that can found our trust in God in prayer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Obviously, this series is on trusting in God, and prayer is inseparable from the Christian life. So we have oh, to cover yeah. it. Yes. And it, you know, we think about, well, why can we trust in our prayer? That's like a key question here. And as with many things in Christianity, it really all comes back to that Paschal mystery, uh -huh. the suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ historically happened on this earth. Um, so many things come back to that. And, you know, St. Paul says, if Christ did not rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. And I yeah. think that really applies here. Amen. Whereas, it, you know, the resurrection, that's like really what sealed the deal. Like yeah. that's, if Christ just, if he just died, you know, it wouldn't have been any different from anyone else. But no, he arose from the dead um, on his own accord being the second person of the Trinity of God. And so it's all founded in that Paschal mystery. Um, and why is that? Well, the Paschal mystery shows us two things. One, it shows us God's love for us because yeah. God, you know, 
incarnated himself into the world, took on a human body and shared in our suffering. And he loved us so much, even to the point of giving himself in a terrible death for us. Um, and all for the sake of forgiving our sins. Mm -hmm. So that shows God's love. And then mm -hmm. secondly, the resurrection shows the omnipotence of God. Um, with so many other things, God has shown his omnipotence and the resurrection. Um, I think there, there's a quote from St. Augustine uh, that he says, the resurrection is God's holy supreme act. Yeah. Like that is the huh. kind of the biggest thing, you know, uh, that God has done for us. Um, and so that's what it shows us. And so to another point on just on prayer and how that relates with trust. So there's a, a great Bible verse. And the past couple of weeks, I've been going back to Romans chapter eight because there's so much in there. So many. Um, yeah, keep, keep, keep digging in there, man. Keep digging yeah. in there. And so Let's I'd like it. to share one of the verses um, and look a little bit at some things in there. This is Romans chapter eight, verses 26 and 27. Um, and Paul writes, in the same way, the spirit too comes to the aid of our weaknesses. For we do not know how we ought, how to pray as we ought, but the spirit itself intercedes with inexpressible groanings. Mm -hmm. And the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the spirit because it intercedes for the holy ones according to God's will. And so mm -hmm. that's a beautiful passage for many reasons, but the key thing I want to point out here is that it's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is praying in us. And so anytime we pray, it is not solely our prayer to God the Father. It is primarily our prayer being joined. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the prayer of Jesus um, and also to the prayer of the Holy Spirit in us. And Paul writes that it speaks uh, through these inexpressible groanings that we have um, and so it's almost more than what we can pray through verbal words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes words just don't do enough. And that's what Paul is getting at here, that um, we kind of have these feelings, emotions, wants, desires that are mm -hmm. more than we can even express in our words. But um, through the Spirit that is dwelling within us, the Spirit prays mm -hmm. through us. And God, who searches hearts, knows the intention of uh, of us and the intention that the Spirit is expressing to God the Father. So that's one thing uh, regarding prayer. Hmm. And the hmm. second is um, just regarding back to God's faithful love uh, shown to us in the Paschal Mystery and Christ giving himself up for us on the cross. And so another verse from Romans chapter 8, this is verse 32. Paul writes, he who did not spare his own son, but handed him over for us all. How will he not also give us everything else along with him? Mm -hmm. oh and I, gosh, I love that. Even before this show, that's a verse that I think about sometimes. And I think it's so beautiful because one, it kind of uses a human analogy that we can really um, understand. The uh, relationship between parents and a child. Yeah. And for humans, we easily understand that uh, child children are so important to the parents. The parents do everything. They'll do anything for their children. And so we understand the kind of the import, the value that this verse uh, that Paul wrote is, is saying, because 
God gave up his only son. And for parents, that's pretty much like you would never do that. That's the one thing you value more even than your own life is your protecting and supporting and nurturing your children. And so if God gives us his only son, what else would he not give us? Because there's nothing more that he could have given us than the life of his only begotten son. And so that gives us so much trust in God in our prayer um, because anything we ask for, ultimately, um, it's pretty much already been granted to us because in, in a prayer of petition, we're asking God for our good. Sometimes we don't really know what our good is, but our ultimate good we know is the beatific vision is heaven. And so God has already granted us that possibility through the Paschal Mystery. So our petitions already have been answered ultimately. Um, but yeah, that's a beautiful verse from Paul. And another thing is that um, the first result, I believe, that comes from our prayer is the transformation of our own hearts. Yeah. This is something that the Catechism talks about a little bit. Uh, the transformation of our own hearts is the first result. Um, and so allow that to happen in your heart when you're praying. Allow the uh, God to renew you, to heal uh, your brokenness, and don't hold on to the, the hurts that you're holding on to. Maybe, um, you know, sometimes we hold on to hurts because there is kind of a odd maybe strength or like, you know, we can say, well, since I've been hurt, I have a right to feel this way or something um, like that. Yeah. But yeah. don't hold on to that because it never ends up benefiting us in the long run. And God desires to transform our hearts in prayer. Um, and so I talked about this a little bit already, but everyone's ultimate prayer has already been heard and marvelously granted through the Paschal Mystery. Because mm -hmm. on the cross, Christ, um, in his cry to the Father, um, he gathered up all human prayers um, from then to eternity in his cry to the Father. And those cries were heard by the Father, and kind of the response to that was the resurrection. God saying, yes, I grant you your petition. And mm -hmm. in the resurrection, that is where our trust in prayer comes from, like we already talked about. And finally... Um, how God grants our prayer is through giving us the Holy Spirit, um, the spirit of consolation. And so if our prayer is resolutely united with that of Jesus, like that of Jesus on the cross, or look at Jesus in John uh, chapter 17, the priestly prayer of Jesus, mm -hmm. and it's um, kind of in how he, Jesus taught us to pray the Our Father, we're trusting in that filial, childlike, um, kind of innocent tr trust in a parent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we're yes. praying in that way, then we obtain all that we ask for and even more because we obtain the Holy Spirit um, who contains all gifts. And if you, we have the Holy Spirit, we really do not need anything else. Oh, and yeah. so um, I don't think we're going to talk about it too much tonight, but one thing that we could look at is God grants our prayers in accordance with his will because he knows what is truly good for us more mm -hmm. so than we know what is good for us. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. um, really the Holy Spirit and our salvation, 
those are things that are our true need and things that God is always going to grant us along with, say, forgiveness. Um, so, yeah, I think that's ultimately why we can trust in prayer is because it's grounded on the Paschal mystery, the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. Beautiful. That's so good to know that we have that firm, solid foundation. I love you pulling out the Romans 8. I love you looking at it. It's so beautiful to just kind of dig through. And it's so great, too, that you mentioned, you know, you keep on coming back to Romans 8, and it's just this wellspring. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. It's just, it just goes to show that, you know, we th- what we've received in the Holy Scripture and sacred Scripture has, there's so much worth in it. There's so much worthwhile and you could keep on digging and digging through it your whole life mm-hmm. and you would never get to the bottom. I think it's so yeah, beautiful. Just, that's very encouraging. And it's encouraging as well to just look over that Paschal mystery again and just remember and remind ourselves that God gave us everything. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. gave us everything in his son and he gave us everything in his death and resurrection, that ultimate act. I love that. I'm going to have to look up that Augustine quote. Yeah, I, really I think that. you will find it in night prayer. It's one of the verses that comes before the psalm and one of oh, the really? seven nights of night prayer. So I'm yeah, have we, to look we at see that it all now. the time. Nice. Well, yeah. yeah, it's always the stuff that's right in front of you that you never really see. You know? It's probably on Saturday or Sunday since that's when we're celebrating the resurrection. I'm gonna. Oh, that's yeah, good. I'm gonna take. A, I'm gonna take a look at that, and I'm gonna fact yep. check you on that. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll report back. We'll report back yep. with that. So we've looked at why God is trustworthy in prayer. Why we can trust God in prayer. Let's take a look at maybe some things during this time of social distancing, this time where we might be like you, Alex. I know I've experienced it, and I, I know um, we, I re- we received a comment from Tina Flynn, Flynn, who also was in the chapel last week and just looked up at the, at, you know, the, uh, looked up and said the exact same thing, you know, Lord, oh, I've got, got nothing. nothing. You I know, love that. There's, we're going through a very similar thing together. So let's look at some things from scripture going back to that wellspring um what are some things that we can do in our prayer to make that prayer more effective how to make that relationship more fruitful more deep so i want to look at something maybe you wouldn't associate with prayer right away i want to go to john chapter 4 verses 4 to 14. so this is the beginning of uh john's account of jesus meeting the woman the samaritan woman at the well and i want to read this because i think this beautifully ties into prayer. So I'll I'll read this for you. This is from John chapter 4. Jesus had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman had said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket and the well is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give will never thirst. 
The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Hmm. So maybe first read, we've heard this story so many times. Yeah. Jesus meets this woman at the well. This Jesus asks this woman for a drink and they get into this little conversation. So maybe you might think, okay, Stephen, what does this have to do with prayer? So I think this tells us three really important things with prayer. Because like, like Alex says, yes. like you said, prayer is not essentially just the psychological phenomenon. It's not this relaxation. It's not essentially this checklist. It's this relationship. Mm-hmm. So since we see Jesus and this woman enter into this relationship for this you know, short period of time, this is a perfect time to look at prayer. Let's see how they interact with each other. And I, ha- I want to take, take out three things from this. First, just the beautiful fact that God is already there in prayer. So what do I mean by that? So let's look at the passage. So the passage starts out with the woman going to the well. But even before that, Jesus is at the well, right? And she's going to this well for nourishment. She's going to this, this, this well for water. But Jesus is there first. I think that's really mm. important to note because mm. I think oftentimes when we enter into prayer, you know, maybe we have that checklist that we brought in with us and we're like, we're going we're gonna to sit down and we're going to just lift off, list off everything that we think that God did wrong. Just realize, you know, sometimes we think that we're kind of spewing our stuff out into the void, you know, yeah. that we have to try to find Jesus in this void when we enter into prayer. But that's not what this passage tells us. You know, this passage tells us, and what is so true in prayer is that when we enter into prayer, Jesus and God, you know, God is already there. God's already there and he longs to listen to us, you know, he is. And I think what's really interesting going into my second point is not only is God there first before we enter into prayer, but God desires us in prayer. Mm. The first thing that Jesus says, the first thing that anybody says in this passage is Jesus, which is interesting to think about, because usually when we think about prayer, we think about us talking first, you know, it's Mm. us saying, okay, God, I want this, this and this. Or, you know, we start off by just, you know, saying our devotions and just kind of like rattling them off like that checklist like you said yeah but what's really interesting here is jesus talks first and what does jesus say i think this is so key jesus says i thirst jesus says i thirst so what does this mean what does this mean for this woman well what is jesus actually thirsting for so we can look at it physically and say yeah okay so jesus is human you know he's in he's he's incarnate he, through the incarnation, he has taken on our flesh. And so he desires, he needs water to live. But he desires something even more than that, even more substantial than that. She does, he desires that relationship with this woman mm. through this prayer, right? Through this relationship, this encounter with Christ. And Jesus desires it so much, it echoes in the words that he speaks on the cross when Amen. he says, I, I about, thirst. I was about to jump in You're about on to that. jump in yeah, that, yeah. Because uh, thinking about the whole thing, uh, he says that very important line of I thirst, not just only uh, what his physical body is going through, but just uh, I thirst everything that is being brought toward me, all the sufferings the world has, bring it to my cross and Absolutely. I will offer it up. Uh, that's I exactly, that so that's exactly what you're saying too. That is where, you know, that is that moment where God is pouring himself out to us and he's, and what does he want? He thirsts for us. Mm-hmm. I thirst. That's something that Mother Teresa uh, it was very much uh acquainted with and was as struck by so another father declan mm-hmm. shout out right there hey. yeah so he's been getting he's on vacation right now so we can we can do this 
they'll probably listen to this later. Um, but I think kind of going back to also what you said too, going back to this I thirst, there are so many times when we're entering into prayer and thinking like, gosh, what does God want to do with me? You know, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just this lowly person. I haven't done anything awesome. Like Mother Teresa, if you want to use her as an example, you know, maybe yeah. we're going through struggles ourselves. We don't think ourselves unworthy. Let's look at this woman, you know, those women who's going to the well, Eventually, we know, as we've heard this story proclaimed, this gospel proclaimed at Mass and maybe through our own reading, that this woman is not necessarily a woman of virtue. This woman has had many husbands, and the, 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 the man who she's with right now isn't even her husband. Mm. So, she, so th- she has many reasons, perhaps in her mind, to think that she's not worthy of an encounter with God. But what does Jesus say? I thirst. You know, I thirst for you. I thirst for this prayer, this conversation with you. Um. So I think that's really important, noting that God is there in prayer first and God thirsts for us in prayer. He desires us in prayer. And finally, my last point kind of looking at this mm-hmm. is God is calling us deeper and deeper into prayer. Oh, amen. God is calling us deeper and deeper into prayer. So one thing that I notice in a lot of people, a lot of my peers, um, when we talk about prayer, you know, they talk about it as, it as a checklist. Yeah. They talk about it as a psychological cool down very very childish ways of looking at prayer not really looking at it from this relation mm-hmm. so this is kind of a call to to you and to me to everyone here to kind of look at our prayer lives take a little break put the pause on examine your prayer life mm-hmm. is my prayer life right now better than it was when i was a child is it different you know are the things that i'm bringing to prayer different than when I was a child. Am I still asking God for, you know, a horse for Christmas or something, you know? <laughs> or or is is am I am I giving him more of myself? Am I opening myself up and giving himself more of my trust, more of my admiration, mm. more of my humility and gratitude? That's so key. Amen. You know, how often do we thank God in our prayers for prayers answered and prayers that are answered in ways that we didn't expect? Um so I think it's important just to examine where am I in my prayer life and have I been growing deeper in prayer? Might I actually jump in there? I have is to that, go for it. Uh, you know, this is this is the time to re-examine your prayer life. But yeah. This is not the time to say, I need to be this at this bar way up here yeah, uh-huh. and say, as soon as I get there, I'm done. I can yeah. just be at that level and be okay. The thing is, is that... Um, you know, when I was doing my own uh, research on the Gospels, because right now at uh, Queen of All Saints and St. Mary's, uh, Will, Will O'Donnell and I, who was actually on the podcast uh, two weeks ago, Good Will we're doing a uh, uh, a video series on the Gospels, just kind of going more in deep and stuff of like that. So through mm-hmm. researching, uh, we were looking at Matthew and how Jesus fulfills the law. And with that, uh, one, of the, one of the favorite passages in that uh the area, chapters 5 to 7, it's chapter 6. I don't remember what specifically passage it is, but it talks about love for your enemies. Mm-hmm. At the end of that passage, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Well, we have to, if we imagine this on a scale, God's way up, all the way up here, this bar. If we want to be up there, we can't do this on our own, obviously, because, you know, we can strive to be like God, but we'll never be God. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean we can still try. So as we keep climbing this bar of again with prayer or just with our lives continuously uh, striving to be better and better be more patient more persistent more thankful in prayer Mm -hmm. at some point we have to move up to the next level we can't be safe and secure like if you were to examine your prayer life and say 
I'm going to change all this and be better about it, that's good. But just like with all of us here, we're not masters of prayer. We're still seminarians. We're still young in our lives. There are people who can pray better than us, just like the saints. But that's the thing. The saints also were sinners too. Mm -hmm. They also didn't know how to pray. St. Ignatius of Loyola was someone who was infested with pride. Uh, and before he got into a terrible accident that made him just re-look re at his life and realize, I need to change. Mm -hmm. And there's no like, oh, you're, you're too late into the game. No, you can change right now. Absolutely. And it's so amazing how God just has this perfect mercy for us. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just yeah. remembering that we can't be satisfied with, you know, just where we're at. We can't be satisfied with the prayer that we were praying when we were children, right? Mm -hmm. We have to keep growing in that relationship and that prayer. Right. Um, just some really practical steps before I, I wind up this, this section. Maybe we could take a look at some questions. Um, so what are some practical things that we can just go home and just do right now? So first, I would say... Sure. Let's look at some ways that we could de-junk our prayer. So what do I mean by de-junking our prayer? So oftentimes, I know I do this, and I'm sure we Guilty. all do this. You know, we, all, we, go into, we go into prayer with that checklist, and we're like, I know what I'm going to do today. I'm going to pray this. I'm going to pray that. I'm going to ask for this. I'm going to ask for that. And then I'm going to, you know, turn off, sign off, and get out of here. That leaves no room for God to work, you know. That prayer, like we said, is that you have to, you have to at some point, trust in God's mercy. You have to trust in God's willingness, his thirst for us, and that his desire to communicate himself to us through mm. prayer. And if we don't allow him time to work, you know, he's, he's not a God who's going to force us to enter into a relationship. Yeah. You know, we know this. This is an invitation. This isn't a command. Um, so take a moment when you're going into prayer. Um, there's this beautiful article that I read on prayer. Yeah. I've, I've added it in the description of this video. Please take a look at it. I'd love to. I'd love to get more in depth with it, but unfortunately, we're running out of time. Uh, but basically, uh, generally, there's three basic steps that uh, this uh, Jesuit, uh, brilliant writer. This is. It's so simple, so fundamental. Uh, three steps. Three basic steps that he recommends for prayer. Sure. First is to become aware of God's presence. So reminding us, like we said previously, that um, Jesus is already there in prayer. We don't go into prayer and we're going into the void. God is already there in our prayer. So first, becoming aware of that presence. Second, turning ourselves towards gratitude for God, mm -hmm. recognizing what he's done for us and thanking him. Like you're talking to your friend, you know? Yeah. Not, not necessarily just meditating and thinking about the good things that God has done for you, but actually saying to him, you know, not saying like, oh, wow, God has loved me into being, you know, God has has given me this and this and has, has given me the gift of life, but saying, God, you have given me the gift of life. And then turning it into gratitude, saying, thank you, Lord. Thank make, you, Lord, for this. Make gift it about God, not make it about us. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's yeah, turning, turning, turning the subject back from you into God. And finally, telling God that I love you too. So you're going to hear God respond through this. Um, and this takes some time to get used to, but the, the natural response you know, coming to understand that God loves you is saying thank you and then saying once again to him, I love you too. Kind of opening up, like, like you said, like you said, Alex, that two-way street, that relationship. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much more. Uh, this is kind of a very basic flyover level. I'd absolutely recommend everyone to read that document. It's called, um, oh gosh, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's this beautiful document on prayer by this Jesuit. The link is in the description. I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah. Uh, do we have time for some uh, questions, some quick questions, guys? I think so. Yeah, we got like a minute. Do you got you got you got something here, Zach or Alex? 
Well, Father Michael Yadrin asks, is my prayer conversation and relationship? And the answer is yes and yes. It is conversation Whoa, it's the and both it is and. relationship. The Catholic um, both and. <laughs> it is. And there, I mean, there are a lot of other things prayer is, and we could go on and on about it. Um, prayer, Stephen mentioned, is covenants. Um, and there's many metaphors we can use for prayer. But I like that of a friendship, of, of a relationship. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I see um, uh, uh, Sandy Butler mentioned that a lot of time at the end of her prayer time, she'll just sit and tell Jesus, uh, you know, tell Jesus to let me hear you. Just mm -hmm. I, I think it's a beautiful way to open yourself up and just allowing Christ to work through prayer. And that's where we get a lot of the beautiful fruit in prayer is just letting God work through you. That's mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful. One thing I really love about that is also just another like tip in mind that I've learned from seminary is that um, while it's good to start that prayer time, whenever it is, I still feel like it's also equally important to not place God in a box yeah. of this is my prayer time. This is when I'm going to love God. And that's good. That's a start. But at the same time, again, pray without <laughs> ceasing. That does not mean we have to keep walking around and keep praying Hail Marys until, you know, our windpipes go dry and stuff like that. Mm. But no, just throughout the day, constantly remind yourself you are in God's presence. Because, again, God is everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's with us always. And mm -hmm. so I think it's, it's just equally important to say, you know, if you get out of like an exam, for instance, and you feel good about yourself, or you see the exam scores, say, thank you, God, that was awesome. Or you did an awesome workout. God, that was awesome. Thank you so much for this time. Beautiful. That's, mm -hmm. that's great. I think we should get into shout outs now. I think this is, yeah, uh, this is sure. a good, I think we've had a great conversation on prayer. First, Absolutely. our first shout out, always got to go to Ricky. Thank you for running tech, Ricky. I yes. know he hates it. He's giving me the stare of death, but he deserves it every <laughs> single second of this promotion for Ricky. Thank you so much for setting this up. You're doing good, Ricky. You're the man, gotta, Ricky. Got to thank uh, um, Father Kevin Huber. Amen. Once again for awesome man for giving us his seminarian uh, for the evening. I appreciate it. Thank you very mm -hmm. much, Father Kevin. Uh, maybe maybe he'll listen to this. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I'm friends with him. He's on a busy Facebook, man, so. though. He is a busy man, but mm -hmm. it's you, man. It's one of your seminarians. You'll have to convince him to watch it. Sure. Um, got to shout out uh, Nick Emsing for hosting a Bible study exactly at the same time as Faith and Focus. We wanted yeah. Nick Emsing's another seminarian for the Diocese of Gary, and we want him on the show so bad because mm -hmm. he's just he's just a hoot. We love him. Nick's um, great. Nick's great, but unfortunately, he's planned a Bible study Come for on, Wednesdays Nick. at seven o'clock. <laughs> it was it's it's kind of it's kind of silly, but it's great. He's doing it's, some good work at St. Bridget's. Shout out yes, to Nick Emsing. Thank you very much. We love much. you, Nick. Oh, uh, got a shout out. This is our this is our reach shout out, Father Mike Schmitz. You know, we got to shout oh. out somebody who we think we're gonna. You know, Father Mike Schmitz is a. In, in case you don't know who he is, he's a Catholic priest from the Diocese of Duluth. He's a campus minister, and he does a whole lot of YouTube videos. He's I think is he in charge of Ascension Present? That's the uh, kind of like the maybe I don't, I don't think he, so. Okay, I, maybe I not. So. I don't know. But he does a lot of stuff with Ascension Presents. He does a lot of conferences. Very excellent speaker. He's he he breaks down lots of topics from very fundamental standpoints. Um very mm -hmm. great, just an excellent Catholic speaker all around. Father Mike mm -hmm. Schmitz, look him up on YouTube. Yeah. Would yes. recommend it. Your life will be changed. Um any <laughs> any other shout outs, guys? I'd like to give a couple shout outs to some of my friends. So Yeah, one, go for Kate. it. Caitlin Lenny, shout out to her. Okay. Patrick O'Donnell, yep. another friend. Uh, our mutual friend, Annie, Andy Matichevic. Uh, oh, Andy! Be, <laughs> soon to be Deacon Andy oh, Matichevic. Hey. Congratulations. Congratulations uh, in advance, Andy. Good to hear from you. Yeah, Very a couple to... more friends. Brandon Bullitt, 
uh, Jessica Solis, my cousin. Thank you for watching. Okay. And Anth Anthony Alonzo. Anthony, uh, my man. Let's guy. go. Good to see you. Good and to see you. also to uh, Sergeant Otis Williams. Whoa. Uh, good old Whoa. friend of mine. So thank you. Love it. I love to shout out my mom because she's watching too. This is huge. I think this is a, this is the first time that I caught her on Facebook. So oh, I'm wow. gonna say shout out to mom. Thank you, mom. Good to <laughs> good to have you. Very good to have you. Shout out to uh, Sergio Valdez Jr. Yeah, he's, he's been commenting. He's, he's one of my good friends. Uh, who got to catch the live uh, show. And uh, shout outs to also Elaine Wachinski. She's my aunt. I uh, love nice. you, Auntie Elaine. Uh, as Aww. well as any family that's also watching that I didn't get a chance to look at who's viewing. So much love to all of you. I honestly couldn't be here without you. Absolutely. And much love to thank you everybody who's who's watched us tonight. Thank you everybody who's watching us not tonight, you know, pre-recorded. Um and I just want to say thank you so much and come back next week for another mm -hmm. episode of Faith and Focus where we will look at another topic with another seminarian. Whoa. Both of which are to be determined or maybe Ooh. to be revealed. Maybe we already <laughs> know. Maybe, you know, think about it a little bit. Have I, have, have it's we all in God's out? divine providence. It's all in God's divine providence. As long as we persevere and are patient, we'll find it. It's good to see you guys. Hope to see you next week. God bless you. God loves you. Take care. Good night.